Christian practices. What is worship? Worship is the way in which Christians show their love and respect for God. They might worship alone or with others or in a, in a special building like a church or in people's homes. Worship allows Christians to praise and thank God for his blessings, to ask for forgiveness of sin or to seek God's help for themselves or others who might be suffering. There are different forms of worship. The first one of these is liturgical worship. Some Christians prefer services that follow the same set pattern each time, and this is called liturgical worship. In liturgical worship, a priest leads the congregation in formal prayers that have set responses. Bible passages are read out, particularly from the Gospels, and there may be a sermon based on these. The priest may perform symbolic actions which have a specific meaning. During the service, there will often be music and hymns sung by the congregational choir, or sometimes chanting. An example of liturgical worship is the celebration of the Eucharist for Catholic, Orthodox and Anglican churches. Non-liturgical and informal worship is where there is not a set order or ritual. In non-conformist churches, such as Methodist, Baptist and United Reform, those planning the service may choose a certain order to suit a particular theme. They place an emphasis on the word of God in the Bible, and although they might celebrate Holy Communion regularly, the service is usually focused on Bible readings and a sermon based on the readings. The basic structure of the service may remain the same, but the preacher may change the order, the number of hymns or the types of prayer. Informal worship may depend on people's spontaneous prayers or sharing of thoughts. For example, Quaker worship is mainly silent and people speak when they feel God's spirit moving them to offer thoughts or prayers or a reading from the Bible. Private worship allows individuals to spend time with God, either alone or with close friends or family. It may involve prayer, meditation, studying or meditating on a Bible passage passage, or using aids to worship such as an icon or rosary. What is prayer? Prayer is communicating with God in silence or aloud, with others or alone, using set prayers or informal prayer. People may choose to pray in a humble position, kneeling down, sometimes with their hands pressed together. In Orthodox services, people stand to pray. Nonconformists often sit. Anglicans may kneel. Christians will often use the Lord's Prayer, as when Jesus was asked to teach his disciples how to pray, he answered with the Lord's Prayer. It's important because it gives individual Christians a pattern for how to pray as it combines giving praise and asking for one's needs. It reminds Christians that God is the father of the whole community, not just of the individual. You need to know what sacraments are. Sacraments are rituals that outwardly express an inner spiritual experience or an outward symbol of God's invisible love. They make visible for believers a special gift of grace. Catholic and Orthodox Christians accept seven sacraments which they believe to have been initiated by Jesus. These are baptism, confirmation, holy communion, marriage, holy orders, reconciliation and the anointing of the sick. Many Protestant churches see baptism and Holy Communion as important rituals because they believe Jesus instructed them to undertake these. Some churches that practice believers' baptism consider it an important ceremony, 
but do not refer to it as a sacrament. Other churches like the Quakers or the Salvation Army do not use any sacraments. How do they help Christians? Well, they involve symbolic actions, words and physical elements such as water in baptism and bread and wine in Holy Communion. Many Christians believe that sacraments are special rituals which help to strengthen their relationship with God by making him a part of their life. They are important to the Christian community because they affirm that Christians are part of the body of Christ, the Church, with all of its responsibilities. Baptism is an important initiation rite when members or people become members of the Christian Church. During baptism, a person is formally acknowledged as a child of God and receives God's saving grace, and a person's sins are forgiven. When John the Baptist baptised Jesus in the Jordan, to a river, two extraordinary things happened that showed God's approval of his son's mission. Jesus' baptism set an example for his followers to be baptised in order to receive the Holy Spirit and begin a new life in the Christian community. Now, there are two types of baptism, infant baptism and believer's baptism. The very first Christians were often baptised as adults, or whole families were baptised at the same time. But nowadays, there's lots of branches of the church that practise infant baptism. Catholic and Orthodox Christians would say that everyone is a descendant of Adam and Eve who committed the first sin. Therefore, everybody is born with original sin. So for Catholics and Orthodox Christians, infant baptism removes this original sin. At an infant baptism, the child is welcomed into the church as soon as possible and the parents are able to thank God for their new baby and celebrate the birth with friends and family. Rites vary, but the priest or minister says, I baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit while pouring blessed water over the head of the baby. God parents and parents promise to bring up the child in the Christian faith. Besides water, other symbols are used, such as making the sign of the cross on the baby's forehead, anointing with oil, dressing the child in white, and giving the parents a candle lit from the Paschal candle. Believer's Baptism Some Christians, such as Baptists and Pentecostals, think that a baby is too young to understand the meaning of baptism, so people should wait and be baptised when they are old enough to come to a mature decision about their faith. They believe that baptism does not itself save a person. It's someone's conversion to living a life dedicated to Jesus that is important. Therefore, the believer must be old enough to have come to a mature decision about their faith. Believer's baptism involves full immersion in a pool, symbolising the cleansing from sin and the rising up to a new life with Christ. Rites vary, but usually the minister talks about the importance of baptism and asks if the candidates are willing to change their lives. Each person may read a Bible passage and give a brief testimony of their faith in Jesus as their personal saviour. The minister goes into the pool with the person and baptises them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The next sacrament that's important for you to know about is Holy Communion, also known as the Eucharist sacrament that uses bread and wine to celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection from death. So for Catholics, the sacrifice of Jesus is made present during this ritual. When Christians celebrate it, they give thanks. They interpret, but they interpret the meaning of Holy Communion in different ways. 
Catholics, Orthodox and Orthodox Christians and some Anglicans believe that the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. It is a divine mystery how this happens, but they believe that Jesus is fully present in the bread and wine. Protestant Christians who celebrate Holy Communion do so as a reminder of Jesus' words and actions at the Holy Supper. The bread and wine remain symbols of Jesus' sacrifice and help them to reflect on the meaning of Jesus' death and resurrection for their lives today. Many Christians see Holy Communion both as an act of fellowship with other Christians and as communion with God. By recalling Jesus' sacrifice together and by sharing the bread and wine, these Christians believe they are brought closer to each other as a, as a community and closer to God. For many Christians, Holy Communion is a central point of their life. They believe that they receive God's grace by joining in the, sacri- the sacrifice of Jesus brings communities and Christians together. It calls Christians to put the love they have experienced from God into practice by loving others. Now, Eucharist is celebrated in very different ways, and this is something that you need to be able to talk about. So, in the Orthodox Church, it is called the Divine Liturgy. Um, It recreates heaven on earth. Much of the service takes place at the altar, in the sanctuary, behind a screen which represents the divide between earth and heaven. The church is filled with candles and incense that help people feel God's presence. The liturgy of the word are hymns, prayers and a reading from the Bible. The priest comes through the royal doors to chant the gospel and there may be a sermon. The liturgy of the faithful is when the priest comes through the royal doors to receive bread and wine, backed by members of the congregation. He selects one loaf to be consecrated. The creed, the Lord's Prayer and other prayers are offered for the church, the world and the local community. Behind closed royal doors, the priest says the words that Jesus said at the Last Supper. Bread is divided into four. Three parts are consecrated as the body and blood of Christ. The fourth unconsecrated part is broken into small pieces. Prayers of thanksgiving are said after communion. Catholic Mass begins with a greeting from the priest and prayers of penance and praise. On Sundays there are three readings from the Bible. This is the Liturgy of the Word. People say prayers for the church, the world, the local community, the sick and the dead. On Sundays this is preceded by the Creed. The Liturgy of the Eucharist. Offerings of bread and wine are brought to the altar. The priest says the Eucharistic prayer using the words of Jesus that he said at the Last Supper. He prays over the wine, the people say the Lord's Prayer, the priest and congregation give a sign of peace to each other, members of the congregation come forward to receive communion. The priest blesses the people and tells them, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your lives. Holy Communion in the Anglican Church is almost identical to that in the Catholic Church. One small difference is that the peace is shared at a different point in the service. Many Anglicans, however, do not believe that Jesus is present in the same way uh, in the bread and the wine, that it's just more symbolic. Holy Communion in non-conformist churches has these elements. begins with a hymn and a prayer of praise and thanksgiving. Bible readings, the congregation prays for the world. The minister reminds the congregation of Jesus' words and actions. There's an open table, so anyone who wishes to take communion may... 
people come forward to receive the bread and wine and there is a prayer of thanksgiving as they go out. Next thing to learn about is pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a journey made for religious reasons, alone or with other Christians to a sacred place. The believer makes a physical journey but also a spiritual journey towards God. It gives many opportunities for prayer and worship and is itself an act of worship as believers show devotion to God by choosing to go. Pilgrims may visit the Holy Land, particularly Jerusalem, because it is where Jesus lived, died and was resurrected and where Christianity began. They may visit shrines connected with famous saints. Some prefer to go to remote places to pray and reflect on their lives. There are loads of different reasons that people might go on a pilgrimage to grow closer to God, strengthen their faith, express sorrow for sin, pray for something particular, seek a cure for an illness, just to experience a holy place. Two uh, famous examples. Firstly, that of Lourdes is in France and a place of pilgrimage dedicated to Mary, the mother of Jesus. In 1858, a young girl named Bernadette had visions of Mary in a grotto near the river. Bernadette spoke of praying the rosary with Mary, who looked lovingly upon her. Mary told Bernadette to dig for a spring of water, which was discovered to have healing properties. Now thousands of pilgrims visit Lourdes to pray at the grotto where Mary appeared, to recite the rosary together and to bathe in the water where it is claimed that 67 miracles and over 6,000 other cures have taken place. The other one is Iona. It's an island off the west coast of Scotland. In the 6th century AD, St Columba, an Irish missionary who brought Christianity to Scotland, established a small monastic community there. It is now the home of the ecumenical Iona community and a place of Christian pilgrimage dedicated to the Virgin Mary. Some people think Iona is a thin place where the veil between the spiritual world and the physical world is thin. Iona is remote and windswept, so for many Christians it feels like a place where nature reveals God's infinite power and presence. The Iona community holds daily services in the church, lead a seven-mile hike to the island's holy and historic spots, and conduct workshops on Christian themes. Um, You also need to understand the Christian practice of festivals. I'm going to go over these quite briefly. The first is obviously Christmas, In Britain, celebrated on the 25th, celebrations last 12 days, ending with the Feast of the Epiphany. Trees and homes are decorated with lights and nativity scenes. Light represents Jesus. Children act out nativity plays. Midnight Mass often takes place on Christmas Eve. Christians send Christmas cards and exchange gifts. Easter is the most important Christian festival. It celebrates the resurrection of Jesus. And during Holy Week, different things um, happen in order to remember certain days leading up to this. That was very brief. And now we move to the kind of second part of this topic um, and sort of the role of the church in the local community. So the church, um, the word church comes from a, a Greek word, which means an assembly or a gathering of Christian people. So originally the early church um they didn't have special buildings and Christians just met together in people's homes church what does it do it's a location where people can gather they meet activities praise worship um couple of examples of kind of ways in which the church goes out into the local community one example could be the Trussell Trust 
which is a food bank providing emergency food help and support to help people in the UK. The Oasis Project is a community hub with like an internet cafe that offer courses, training opportunities and a food bank. Um, that's again a, a Christian project. Street Pastors, another good example. They are um, started actually in Brixton in 2003 with 18 volunteers where Christians receive training in order to patrol the streets in urban areas. They do not have the power to enforce the law but they provide a reassuring presence in local communities. Initially, the main aim was to challenge gang culture and the use of knives and guns. Um, Christians doing this are obviously kind of displaying agape, unconditional love. Uh, It's grown rapidly in loads of different locations around the world. Sometimes they might hand out water or flip-flops or things to people coming out of clubs or or talk to people who are in gangs it's quite powerful place of mission is obviously quite significant in the christian church in matthew's gospel it says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit so christians have the responsibility according to the great commission which was jesus instruction to his followers that they should spread his teachings that they should do stuff around the world um and they might evangelize which is spreading the christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness one good example of evangelism is the alpha course it is a course uh by non-christians go and learn the basics of the christian faith used by quite a lot of different denominations in the uk alpha courses take place not on church not only in churches but also could be at people's homes or at universities etc Church growth, um, it's difficult to know how many Christians there are in the world. Estimates vary from about 1.5 to 2.5 billion, but up to a third of the world's population claims some kind of Christian faith. It's quite a big deal. Um, The church's mission of sharing Christ doesn't end with people deciding to become Christians. So discipleship um, is obviously quite a big thing, that just idea of making disciples church has quite a big uh, role in communities worldwide you need to know about the importance of reconciliation Um, reconciliation is a sacrament in the catholic church of confession um, but is also the restoring of harmony after a relationship has broken down so christians believe that when jesus died on the cross and rose again he made it possible for us to be reconciled with god So the worldwide church has a role to restore people's relationships with God and one another. You could use examples of um, Desmond Tutu's Truth and Reconciliation Committee in South Africa, where he tried to get people to forgive each other after the horrors of the apartheid. Um, Then we need to talk a little bit, I suppose, about persecution. Christians have faced persecution throughout the history of the church. Um... But but the church feels a responsibility to kind of try to to restore balance after persecution. The Corrymeela community began in 1965, who was a chaplain who witnessed the bombing of the city of Dresden during the Second World War. The community seeks to promote harmony and reconciliation. People from loads of different backgrounds attend. There's loads of different ways in which Christians could respond to pers- persecution. Um, 
in Matthew's gospel again, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted. So it seemed to be kind of like something that you can learn from. Pastor Baba George um, was a, a Pakistani Christian who was imprisoned for being in a gang war. Oh, sorry. He, so he wasn't a Christian when he went to war, but he was um, he wasn't a Christian when he went to prison. Sorry. He was involved in gang war. He became a Christian and uh, he preached about Christianity and he this upset a lot of Muslims and he was quite badly treated by Pakistan I suppose um, or a lot of people within Pakistan he was eventually given asylum in the USA the Barnabas Fund sends financial support support to projects that help Christians who are suffering from discrimination Christian Solidarity Worldwide is a human rights organisation that campaigns for religious freedom for all and then lastly, we just need to talk about the church's response to world poverty. Seen in 1 John, it says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And then just you need to talk about examples of um, Christian charities so you've got CAFOD which is the Catholic Agency for Overseas Development which brings hope and compassion to people of all faiths and none in poor communities in various uh, parts of the world helps to increase access to clean water education, healthcare and lobbies employers to adopt fair working practices and conditions uh, Christian Aid is the official relief and development agency for 41 church denominations in Britain Ireland it encourages sustainable development and stops poverty and provide emergency relief. Their vision is poverty is an outrage against humanity. It's a really, really, really big charity. Their biggest fundraising event is the annual door-to-door -door collection during May. Lastly, Tear Fund. There was a terrible famine in 1968 in Nigeria and churches in the UK wanted to do something to help. So they, an organisation called the Evangelical Alliance launched Tear Fund. Um, and yeah, they do loads of different things, hold fundraising events, pray, raise awareness, and it's in nearly 50 countries in the world.